Hi, this is Pastor Wade Foy coming to you from First United Methodist Church of Lake Jackson. This is our weekly message. We're so glad that you have joined us. We hope this message will bless you. It's a time of transition where we are moving out of the season of Advent and Christmas that we have had for the last six weeks or so and into uh, the time after Epiphany. Um, and this time is going to uh, send us from um, Advent and Christmas into, um, into Lent, into uh, Ash Wednesday. And so um, this is a season where it goes by two names. It goes, after, goes by either the season after Epiphany, because Epiphany ends the Advent and Christmas season, um, or it's called Ordinary Time. And by ordinary time, what this means when the church uh, set this up a uh, thousand something years ago is that it is counted. So it means that the weeks between um, Epiphany last Sunday and Ash Wednesday, they are counted. And so it's the Sunday after. So today's the first Sunday after. Next Sunday's and next Sunday after, so they are counted, and so uh, so on and so forth. So it's a time of transition. Uh, we're not in Advent and Christmas anymore. We're not yet in Lent, and so uh, it's also a time where we look at kind of a time in Jesus' life as well, a time in his ministry where he's transitioning from really someone who was obscure that that was uh, no one really knew very much about into the limelight into where he starts his ministry. As we start this transition, today we mark uh, as Baptism of the Lord Sunday. That's why we had our uh, baptismal remembrance time. Uh, that's why Julie talked about uh, remembering your baptism with the kids. Uh, that's why each of our songs have been about baptism um, or remembering what God has done for us in some way or the other. And so... As we remember our own baptism, let's read about Christ's baptism. This comes from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1, verses 4 through 11. Please hear now the reading of God's holy word. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole of Judea, and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my son, the beloved. With you, I am well pleased. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your word. We ask that you would open our hearts, open our minds. Let us hear from you today, Lord. 
Let my words be of you. Amen. Mark is unique in that he steps right into the Lord's ministry. Uh, the other three Gospels, they have something of uh, either about Christ's bat or his birth or something about um, where he starts from. And this is just, he just dives right in. A lot of uh, uh, scholars say that Mark is the action movie of the Gospels, that it's really about what's next, what is he doing, all of a sudden he's here, all of a sudden he's there. And so he doesn't really talk about any of the background stuff. He just starts talking, and he starts talking with John's ministry. And then how it flows into, how it transitions into uh, Jesus' ministry as well. So at the beginning of Advent, or right around there, we actually had the first four verses, or actually the first eight verses of Mark. And we talked about John and how he came before Jesus and how his coming was to be this voice in the wilderness, this person that, that told people, hey, get ready because Jesus is coming. Someone is coming. The Messiah is coming. Christ is coming. And so that is what he was all about. John's ministry was all about pointing others to one who was coming, pointing others to Christ. He's coming. Get ready for this. Of course, uh, he's known as John the Baptist or John the Baptizer because that's what he did. His action was to baptize people. He told them to get ready, to repent, to, to, that someone was coming, and to symbolize that you were ready to go and to be baptized. People from all over came to him. It says all over Judea, all over from, from all the way up in Jerusalem. Everywhere, people were coming down to see John, to hear what he had to say, to hear this message about, hey, it's time that we return to God, and it's time to get ready for the Messiah is coming soon. And so they did that. They all came down there. And these are just, so it's kind of, they're all from, from all walks of life, but they're all humans, right? And so it makes sense that they would travel down to see John. Not only is he probably the only one at the time uh, preaching, he was the only one at the time preaching this message. He wasn't the only one who was baptizing. Baptism was actually something in Judaism before it was something in Christianity. But his baptism was this, uh, it was different. It was, hey, repent of what you're doing and turn from those things and return to God. The rest of them, it was kind of, you would cleanse yourself for a certain occasion, you fell into sin in some way, and he was saying, no, we need just this one baptism, and it helps us to return to God. Now, Jesus was human, of course, he's like us, but he's 100% God. So first of all, he doesn't really need to repent of anything, because he's never sinned. And second of all, why would he travel all the way to this location? Uh, we have a map, I think. Did you get that? Uh, yes, there it is. Um, and that map, in just a moment, will show the distance between, you see Nazareth up kind of um, in the, the top uh, of the slide, uh, picture there, and you see where 
the baptism location is the Bethany beyond the Jordan. So that's about 70 miles that, that Jesus traveled. Would have taken him a better part of a week to get to that location. And so why would he do this? Why would he travel 70 miles to do this? If you notice where he lives, he lives pretty close to not only the Sea of Galilee, which we are familiar with, but also he lives, that's the River Jordan that goes down there, where he was going to be baptized by John. He could have just gone over there. He could have maybe been baptized by someone else. Maybe it would have been a more uh, non-public way of baptism. The answer, I think, for this is because of who these two guys are. John uh, and Jesus are cousins. We remember in the story of Christmas that they are about six months apart. It says that Mary visits um, uh, Elizabeth, John's mother, in her sixth month. And so we remember that they have been close all their lives. They would have interacted with each other. This isn't the first time that they would have ever interacted. They would have seen each other at, at uh, family functions when they came down for Passover, um, when they had some kind of reunion or these type of things. They would have known each other. But now we learn more about them and their ministries. Their lives have been intertwined really since the beginning. That, that we uh, talk about John's birth, and then we talk about Jesus' birth. But just as John was born first, so he starts his ministry first as well. Jesus knew that his uh, cousin had gone down there. He knew that his ministry was going on. He would have heard about it. Uh, his family members would have said, hey, can you believe John is down by the river? Maybe some of them would have said that. Some of them would have said, hey, did you believe John is down by the river? Here's what he's doing. And he knew what John's calling was. That John was called to be the one to be the voice calling out in the wilderness. To, to make the path straight. To get people ready for Jesus. And so he walked this 70 miles to be baptized by John. He walks that distance because he knew John needed to be the one to do it. He knew that he needed to be there and the impact it would make. That people would see his baptism. If he would have gone and baptized in another location, others might not have witnessed it. And in this act, he shows that his humanity as well. His divinity didn't need to be baptized. He never sinned. But he showed that, that he is like us, that he is a human just like us in need of baptism, in need of coming back to God. As Jesus comes out of the water when we're, we're told in, in our passage that when he comes up out of the water, that the heavens open and that God's voice is heard saying, you are my beloved son in whom I am well pleased, in you I am well pleased. Christ's baptism mirrors our own in this way. It's an outward declaration by God that we are his. This, what we see in what Jesus 
what God, Father God says about Jesus here is that he is openly proclaiming to everyone that Jesus is his. That's what baptism is about. It's about God proclaiming, this is my son. This is my daughter. They are mine. It's an outward sign of God's grace in our lives, our baptism. That's what it is. In baptism, God is saying that we are his. God is claiming us as his beloved child in whom he is well pleased. Baptism is all about being welcomed into the family of God. It it is a a time where God is uh, saying, this is my child. And we are starting to be included into the life of the church. Whether it is a person who has just been born a few days before or whether it is a person who is of any other age. It is someone who is being welcomed into the family of God and included in the life of the church. Now, it gets me thinking about other acts of welcome. So when the boys were little, and we're starting to work on this with Lucy, though she seems to get it a little bit more, little girls seem to be more socially aware than little boys. But with the boys, we always talked about, hey, when someone comes over, what do we do? We, we welcome them in. We say, hey, do you want something to drink? We shake their hand or we give them some kind of greeting. We say, hey, come inside. We open that door. So that's one of those times where it reminds us of being welcomed, when we're welcomed into someone's home or we welcome someone into our home. For college, when you get into college or graduate school or, or these type of things, you get some kind of welcome letter and have orientation. That still happens, right? They still send that? Okay, just making sure. They changed things since I was <laughs> 20 years ago. Um, but that is another time where you are welcome there into whatever that school is. Churches welcome new members uh, into the life of the church. When someone is baptized, when someone uh, comes and, and says they want to be a member here, either by professing their faith, by transferring from another church, these type of things, we welcome new members in that way. You also do a great job of welcoming new pastors. I know because a year ago, I have uh, the pictures came up this week of uh, when we had the uh, potluck, and that was just a great time. Families welcome new members uh, into their family. Welcome new family members in special ways, in weddings, in a baby shower, or, or some kind of, uh, have you seen these gender reveals? All these people do these wild things. They, I saw one where like, it was like these two wrestlers. One was uh, dressed in pink, one was dressed in blue, and then they wrestled it out, and that was the gender reveal, whoever won that. I don't know. We didn't do that with any of our kids. <laughs> um, But also when someone is adopted into a family, you have some type of party. You have some way of welcoming people into your family um, some special time. And that's what baptism is for a Christian, for a follower of Christ. It's a time where we are opened, are welcomed by the open arms of Jesus. We are changed forever after baptism. For now we are a part, we have openly proclaimed, and God has openly proclaimed, this one is mine. They are part of my family.
I think we need, there's about, I think, three things in, in, that I want us to grasp today through the baptism of the Lord Sunday. The first one is that whatever you're facing right now or in the future, you need to remember what God says to Jesus here because he says the same of us. You are my beloved, my child. I am pleased with you. In a world that tells us we're not enough or that we're too much, in a world that wants to bring us down because of whatever the thing may be, we need to hear a God who says that about us. You are, I love you. You are mine, and I am pleased with you, right? Just like we say to our kids, I say to my kids all the time, I love you, I am pleased with you. Now, it doesn't mean I don't, like, you know, when they do something that, that, that can get them into trouble, I don't do something about it. Just because sometimes we have times where God says, hey, uh, that's probably going a little too far there. That's still, that probably means that God loves us even more. But we need to remember the fact that God loves us, that we are his child. So that's the number one that we need to remember when we think about baptism. The second one is, is that when we are baptized, um, whether we are a child, whether we are any of age, it is a time where God is the one claiming us. We have an opportunity after God has claimed us to claim God for our own as well. We need to have faith. Grace comes first, right? Number one is grace. Faith is second. We are saved by grace through faith, okay? And so we have to have that time where we profess a belief in Jesus, that our baptism is there, that it sets us up for that because God has claimed us in that baptism and God never makes mistakes. We ourselves have to can profess a faith in Jesus as well. So we need to remember that we are loved by God, we are welcomed by God, and that we need to profess that we are the same. We love God ourselves. Grace comes first, faith comes second. Third is that our baptism brings with it a call to ministry. Now, this may sound weird, right? Uh, ministry isn't just something that, that I do. Or, or people who vocationally uh, have a, a ministry of some sort, uh, missionaries or uh, those in youth ministry, children's ministry, all these kind of things. This is a ministry in our baptism that calls all people, all believers to ministry. Now, this ministry looks different. Uh, Paul talks about it. Several other uh, writers of the, of the uh, New Testament talk about how it, is, it looks different for different people. We, just like a body looks different. We are the body of Christ in many different forms. And so ministry looks different for different people. But what this is a call to, what this ministry is a call to, whether you uh, are in music ministry, whether you are in any, whatever, however you express uh, the gifts that God has given you, it's a call to pass on God's grace. It's a, the grace that you have been given by God. It's a time where you give that grace to others. It's a time where you say, I was welcomed by God, and you too can be welcomed by God. 
we have a responsibility as followers of Christ to tell others about Jesus through how we live and through what we say. So our challenge is to live into our baptism, to to not only remember it, to have that where we are going backwards, but in that remembering, in that way that we remember our baptism, it has a call to action as well. It is a time where we say, we are God's beloved children. That's our true identity. That's where we, what we build our lives on, is the fact that we are God's beloved child. And from that identity, from that bedrock of, of what Jesus has built in our lives, that bedrock of grace, from that identity, we are invited to go deep into our relationship with Jesus, to claim our faith in Christ, and then out of that, to build on that, uh, we build up our faith, and then from the, the identity in Jesus, we are to tell others about Christ through our actions and our words. May we go about remembering our baptism and being thankful for God's grace. Amen? Let us pray. Lord, we give you thanks and praise for your baptism, Lord, and what it calls to mind in our own baptisms. Lord, a remembering of who we are, that we are your beloved children, remembering our call that comes out of that, a call to come to faith in you, Lord, and a call to go and to tell others about you as well, through how we live, through what we say. Lord, help us to be a people and a church who live out our baptism in every single way. Lord, we ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our weekly sermon message. We hope this this has blessed you in some way. Please see our notes below for if you have a prayer request or if you would like to learn more about our church.